Hey there, your soon-to-be new favorite podcast, Equestrian Mastermind with Natalie Hummel, is brought to you by Ride IQ. Ride IQ is a mobile app with on-demand audio lessons taught by top coaches in eventing, dressage, jumpers, rider fitness, sports psychology, and groundwork. And your host, Natalie Hummel, is one of Ride IQ's sports psychology coaches. And some of the riders in the workshop are Ride IQ coaches as well. John Holling is a Ride IQ coach. Sinead Halpin Maynard is a Ride IQ coach. And one of the other riders is a soon to be announced Ride IQ coach. That means that you can take lessons for any level with these coaches so that you have guidance while you ride. There's a two week totally free trial. You can go to ride-iq.com to get started and try it for yourself. Now on to today's episode. Welcome to Equestrian Mastermind with Natalie Hummel. This is episode three of a four-part series that gives you an inside look into sports psychology workshops with top riders, Will Faudry, Tammy Smith, Sinead Maynard, and John Holling. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, you should go back and start there. Today's workshop focuses on the window of capacity in the nervous system. Natalie explains what a window of capacity is and how you can manage your nervous system to access the higher part of your brain during performance. The riders talk about how they react in overwhelming situations and then go through an exercise together. This was recorded on Monday, May 15th, 2023, about one month after episode two. Also note, the conversation includes some colorful language. Enjoy. In our third session, I walk the riders through a tool that helps them to return to presence when the stress of competing is taking them outside their window of capacity. If there is one tool I would suggest for riders to master that will change their ability to perform and handle pressure, this is it. And the group had huge breakthroughs and realized how feeling their emotions actually gives them the power to access their instincts and perform at their best. As you listen, I invite you to do the tool with us and know that it is a practice. And the more you do it, the more it becomes a system that you can rely on during competition. I'm so excited to share this. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everyone. It's so good to see you all. It's been over um, or since we last saw each other and some exciting things have happened as in Tammy winning Kentucky. So I think just a second to congratulate and acknowledge Tammy. Absolutely incredible and so inspiring. Yeah. And at the end, I will yeah, dive into your experience of it and hear from literally the master of the mind. So that'll be really exciting to hear at the end. But I think it's part of this work and part of what we're all terrible about is acknowledging and celebrating big or small things about ourselves and about how we're doing and how we're showing. And if we don't, it can get really like a dangly care in front of us where we never feel satisfied and we never feel good about the journey. And so I just wanted to take a minute to, to acknowledge and celebrate something about ourselves that has gone well either in the last month or beyond is totally fine and yeah i would love to hear from you guys what you can acknowledge or celebrate yourself it can be big or small 
So you're just starting with like one of the most uncomfortable things. Just yeah, cool. Ripping the nominate off. Yeah, I nominate John. Okay. Sweet. I'm really good at this. I love acknowledging <laughs> yeah. my victories. So uh, yeah. I don't quite compare to Tammy or Will, but I did, uh, I believe it was, now if I did this already last time, you have to correct me, but I did go to Ocala with my three-star horse and he finished second in the three long there, which was a pretty big deal for him and get me one step closer to being able to beat Tammy and Will. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, you didn't. Tension eight, that. but I do that every weekend. Well, I, I'm right here. I'm literally Sorry. right here. <laughs> but it was like, because they were at Kentucky. What I meant was to get to Kentucky. I'm still You right and I here. were not at Kentucky. Well, Stop being there. offended. You were there. You're a jerk. Hey, hey Sinead. Actually, Sinead was amazing. I have one other one. Sorry, before we move on. She was like, um, this past weekend, baller. I beat Sinead. Yeah. You guys but were doing. beat me the two weekends before that, so she's still ahead. We're at Majestic Oaks. It was pretty epic. <laughs> yeah a win to win Sinead well I lost Natalie you're a jerk too <laughs> I'm getting off this call <laughs> I love you all <laughs> no that's really exciting yeah that's amazing and I think one thing that I think is really important is it's just it is also I love that you said it's really big for that horse because that is so important it's not just us it's these horses and their journey so really cool I can go. I, in the last month and a half, have been, I got a new horse, which I'm really excited about. I got a new mare in and have just been kind of chipping away, actually, at the syndicate side of it and the model side of it. And it's been going great, actually. We've gotten, I think, three new A share members onto the syndicate, a couple of B share members. And I think that has been like a big deal for me. It's kind of chipping away at those pieces as opposed to getting overwhelmed by the the big thing so i'm i'm really excited about the horses and the people that are involved because they're all awesome so and i'm looking forward to beating john just <laughs> that's it you say that's i don't know if i'll beat the other two but i'm taking him down yeah i love that it's such an important piece and so good i'm so excited about your mayor thank you i got i can go um something that i'm I got beehives. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to have some honey. Everybody's going to get honey for Christmas. Now, honestly, I one thing that I'm, I, I feel like I've accomplished something is I've had an influx of people, like people that ride at, um, at the advanced level come to me for cross-country help, which, oh. and I feel like I've helped them. So that I'm unhappy with. I, uh, I was like, so I was really irritated and disappointed in my performance at Kentucky. So it's, I made way too many mistakes and that we're talking sure. about positive things. Yeah, I, I know. But so it's, it's interesting. Well, it's just an interesting thing to hear people say, oh, well done. And I'm, I don't feel like I did a, a good job. I feel like I, I, I let the horse down. So that is something that I've got to take the positives look for the positives in in the performance so that would be i'm kind of that post kentucky blues is that's and so i i have been picking apart what i need to do differently in preparation for hopefully burley this autumn but i would say the things yeah that i am am happy with is the help that i've given a few people and 
one of the highlights of Kentucky for me was I was the first person to hug Tammy when she came out of the show jumping ring. Eric Devander tried to be first, but I pushed him out of the way. He did. That's amazing. That was the best. I'm surprised Zach didn't take you out at the knees. No. He was, was, was after. That was after. Wow. Zach was, saw Will and then he tried to he tried to take over his thunder. Nobody was so he just there. jumped on top of me. Nobody was getting there before me. Well, <laughs> nobody had been there before me. You got your sloppy seconds. Nobody was hugging you first. Was she, wow. I mean, that is no small feat. Yeah, I even pushed her daughter on the way. <laughs> oh, he let it out. I did. He did. And Heather. Yeah. He's a lot of Yeah. I was number one. Well, you won. You, you got that. Yep. And I love what you said about teaching people and feel like that's when we actually find a lot of purpose and meaning it when we can give something away that we know ourselves and that's really exciting and I know you're disappointed about Kentucky and I think that's normal and natural and I it is really just like you're saying just about taking the feedback so uh Tammy you I don't think really Kentucky's sunk in to be honest obviously I'm very proud about it but it doesn't really feel like it's happened to me i don't know how to best describe it but but i will say that things that i'm most happy about as i'm sitting here are like all my horses performances coming east and going straight to kentucky and how my mare california performed there she has been kind of a work in progress and she's a little bit uh she's not the easiest horse to perform in all three phases she's just quirky and and my other horse Elliot as well those two I'm I'm ecstatic about their performances because it's been kind of a bit of a work in progress but also my daughter and the team I had I had three people come and compete as well and Beck Brayling and Lauren Billies and they all had their own successes and I feel like I'm just really proud of that that accomplishment because it's it's a big it's it's very difficult to leave your home base where you train every day and be gone for these big competitions and be able to emulate the same training and discipline and then then get the same performance and each one of them horses and riders actually had personal bests and and I think I'm most proud of that. Ooh, yeah, that's so good. And that reminds me of a conversation Sinead and I had after Kentucky where we're talking about basically not of course everybody wants to win and, and that's the ultimate desire. But it's really about greatness for each pair and greatness in each phase yeah. and doing the best, the absolute best that you can with what you in that moment. And that's really what you can get excited about and be really proud about. Because how you finish, that's that's not really our concern. It's like, did I show up my best? Did I give my all? Did I was I able to support my horse in giving their all? And that sounds like you were able to experience a lot of that in Kentucky. So beyond actually winning, you're thinking about it each horse and each phase. And that's that's incredible. I have chills as we're talking about. And that's mastery. That's greatness. It's like in every moment, in every second, am I present? Am I supporting my animal? 
really exciting. And I can't wait to dive in more. But thanks, guys. So last session, we talked about fear and our brains on fear and what's available to us when we kind of get outside of our window of capacity. And so just for a brief reminder, we we did this. We showed this example, which this is your brain and you have the reptilian as your palm, the mammalian, you can put your thumb across your hand and then the neocortex wrapping it all. And when you're outside your window of tolerance for any emotion, even as Kimmy Osani, but she hasn't really fully gotten that she's one and that it hasn't dragged in and it's an out of body kind of thing. This can also be, we can, good emotions can take us outside of our window of tolerance very easily. And it doesn't even feel real. So anyway, this is this is what our brain does anytime we're outside the window of tolerance is the the neocortex kind of goes offline. And so all that's available to us is the protection part of our nervous systems and brains, which is the mammalian, as most people know, the fight or flight. And then this reptilian, which is complete shutdown, collapse, um, fantasy. Whereas the sympathetic has a lot of energy, too much energy. And I'm sure you can even think of students that when they're outside their window's capacity, one will get really frantic and impulsive and do before you even sad, and one will just completely shut down and it's like the light went off and you're trying to tell them a course and it's like no one's home and they miss every jump on the course. <laughs> like that, that they've flipped into that part of their brain where the other student that's super impulsive doing things before you say can't take a breath is that more mammalian. And so anytime we're outside of our control of tolerance or capacity, that's where we're going to go. And what's really hard about that or what's really not great for performance is we can't think and we can't access higher level of thinking, critical thinking. So think about cross country when you're really having to make these moments, moment decisions. You can't be stuck in story. You have to be present in the moment. Well, if you're outside your window of capacity, that's not available to you. It's quite literally not available. You don't have that. So staying inside and being able to manage your nervous system is huge for, for performance. And what's great about your nervous system is you can train it now and you will widen your window tolerance and capacity so that when you are under states of pressure or stress you've already widened that and it won't take you outside of your window of capacity or tolerance if you've done the work prior and then you can also work on things that help you in the moment if you've noticed in warm-up that you're getting outside of it or before you get on that you're getting outside of it there's things that can bring you back if you practice quickly and so i know we talked about it before we started recording but Things like heat exposure, cold exposure, ice baths have gotten really popular and people are saying that it'll really help your nervous system. And, it'll, and that's true, it does. And it's, we can, we, it's helping people get used to sensation in their body. It's building tolerance for sensation. Where normally if we see all sensation, we're going to go to one of these two lower parts of our body, especially it's extreme sensation like anxiety, excitement, nervousness, or even feeling really proud and happy. It can take us outside of our window of tolerance. But though all of these emotions come with a sensation inside your body. And so if you can get good at feeling sensation, you can get good at managing your own nervous system and then therefore having the 
higher parts of your brain available to you during performance. So I just want to see how that lands with these eyes. And then if that makes sense, we're going to, we're going to jump into an exercise. But even right now, I think one of a good, just basic questions is to ask where you guys tend to go because you'll have you'll either get hyper aroused that more sympathetic fight or flight or you get hypo aroused where you're kind of shutting down disappearing having no energy shame guilt kind of really live there so just when you are thinking about your every day and when you're starting to get outside of your capacity where do you tend to go Sinead where you go first yeah I mean I would definitely have more of a mammalian hyper energy moving problem solving doing things quickly but then i can also think and it's funny because i had this conversation with uh tick on the weekend because he made a an uncharacteristic mistake in his show jumping um where he just ended up having to circle because he took a turn he wasn't planning and and i remember doing the same thing in a four star a hundred years ago and what was strange is that i I didn't think I actually went to that down part. Like I, yeah, yeah. I did me, but I remember I saw it back to when I did that. And there were so many things going on in my life outside of the horses that were pretty stressful. And then it was leading up into Kentucky. And then somebody said something weird to me on the way in. And I just like my brain actually went offline. Like I just, the horse hit a rail and he doesn't normally have them. And it was just like, I just shut down. And interesting when I was talking to Tick, cause I thought that was I was remembering when that happened to me and I started talking to him about the weekend in capacity and he had all the kids and he had all this stuff going on and he was like crazy. And I'm like, I actually think he probably had like, it had nothing to do with your preparation. It's just like you were at the, you were just filled all the way up and, and he would probably have more of a tendency quicker to go in the shutdown and I would go the other way. But there's definitely been a few times in my career less than, I, I would be more, more apt to get busier but there's been a few times where I didn't even think about it where I've just done like I went off course in my dressage at the world championship like yeah but it would have got I would have gone to that that part but it was like capacity from someone else some from yeah or else like it wasn't like I hadn't practiced the test it's so it's so good that you have that awareness because that's exactly right. If you spend too much time on sympathetic, if you spend too much time in that mammalian part, it gets overwhelming and your system's like, okay, I'm going to shut you down. And so even everybody talks about these post five-star blues. That's really what's happening is you spent so much time in sympathetic. And even as you want or done really well, there's, there's this hangover from it. And it's because you spent so much time in sympathetic that your your body's like, let's take you out. And yeah, things like for getting courses, uh, I'm sure you can all think of a student or during a clinic where you're trying to tell someone a course and their their eyes are just like glazing over. It's because they're they're really gone in that dorsal reptilian part of their brain. But yeah, I love that you were able to have that conversation with Tick and it's so important because it isn't always our preparation. It isn't always on the performance side. A, a lot of times it really is about your nervous system and the emerging property, meaning the automatic, you don't, just like you're not in control that you breathe. It's like you're not in control of your metabolism regulating. There's emergent properties that come when they move into these defensive protective states. So, good. 
uh, John, where you tend to go? Yeah, I think I tend to. And in some ways, it's really good. Like if I'm in a super, super stressful situation, whether it's related to horses or not, actually things tend to slow down for me, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes I think it's very good because I can process stuff, but it feels like it's slow. But I will say when things get super, super stressful, I sometimes will shut down. And probably the best one is when Jen was giving birth to Kate and she called me in the morning and told me she was having contractions and I drove her to the hospital. And about halfway there, she yelled at me and she was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the one time you decide to go the speed limit and not pass people. Like, let's get going, man. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was just driving. And then I had it happen one time at Fair Hill. I was in a good placing in show jumping, cantering around the turn in the warm up. And all of a sudden I looked up and David was in front of me, waving his arms, screaming at me because I had already once and was coming around again to jump the fences backwards in the warm up, completely unaware. So I've <laughs> learned that that's me a little bit and that actually. I'm heading into a big event, I've got to make sure that I'm like focused on the details so that I don't do stupid things like that. My favorite thing to watch is warm up at any level. Yeah. It is like, I feel like we can learn so much about performance and where people's brains go in warm up. I always at events, I just stay by the warm ups and I just watch people bow and, and people are handling them and what's working and what's not. But, uh, yeah, what what you said in the beginning was, I'm not sure if it's a good thing. It sounds like you actually have, your window of capacity is, has been stretched. And like you said, when, when there's a problem, your nervous system can hold and things get slow in a good way. Like you get hyper-focused. That's exactly what we want. That's exactly what we want on cross country day or even show jumping day is where things get, where things are happening so fast, you need actually to be so in the moment that it feels slower so that's actually really great, but it sounds like when there's more, when you get a heavier, a sure load to cork when uh, being to start piling on, you can kind of slow down. But also what, what makes me, what brings to mind is when you, you said that you have these typical John Holling fits, this is getting, this is like, oh, I do know John. So it's, uh, you hit that sympathetic, like impulsivity, I gotta have an outburst sort of thing too. Yeah, and that's typically like, again, when I know I'm trying to get up for the weekend, that doesn't happen in warm-up. That happens in the barn. And, yeah. And the only other thing I was going to say is like, I think I personally, like right now, as I'm starting to get a couple of horses that are ready to go advanced again, I'm kind of intrigued as to how I'm going to react to that because I feel like I've become a very good competitor, but I also haven't been in the game at the top level and any sort of consistency for quite a while. And so I would imagine when I'm in the warm up with Will and Tammy and Sinead at the advanced, that I'm going to have to be ready to deal with the fact that that what I think is such a cool, calm competitor might change a little bit because the stress level is going to go up. Yeah. But what's so cool about nervous systems is that it sounds like you've gotten, like you said, really good at the competitor side. And it's the same nervous system. And so what you've done at the the low the levels before advance is exactly what's going to work in advance. Of course, there is going to be more emotionality because you have more emotionality toward going for advance. But as long as you've been working 
under like keeping those nerves and stuff. It's the same nerve system. And so really that's why this work is so great is because it doesn't matter what level you're going or what force you're on, it's the same nervous system. And that's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning is just kind of going for greatness in every moment, not necessarily thinking about levels or placings, but in this moment, what is the ultimate thing that I can do? And so if you've been doing that, your nervous system has been primed and you it'll just be a little stretch to now go advanced, which is great. Cool. And if it isn't working, I'm just going to pick a fight with one of these guys. Yeah. Probably Tammy. Uh, Tammy, I'm just so curious. I would say that my natural tendency is to be very hyper and get kind of wound up. But I've just learned to when I start before that happens or as it's happening, I just I take myself away from the situation and get myself into a calm state. So I've had to learn that though throughout the years. I mean, I used to just fly off the handle and just react. And I actually, she'll probably kill me for saying this, but Kaylon had a moment this weekend and Beth and I were kind of joking and she's like, ah, there's the old Tammy <laughs> frothing at the mouth a little bit. Kaylon was really stressed out. Her horse had lost both shoes like going into the first water and the long format of the four star and and he was quite foot sore and she's never had to present i mean she's done one for long before so she's never and her horse was very sound when she did that so she'd never had to present a horse that wasn't quite a hundred percent and she was she had a little uh a little bit of a stress problem in the morning and that would be when what I used to be like, I, I would say that my natural tendency is to get hyper and like stressed out about what's going on. But I, I, I would say that that's just an exercise that I had to learn how to, how to do to keep, get myself in a calm state, which I feel like I, I've, I've figured that out. So that's amazing. What do you do when you take yourself out of the situation, which is great? Uh, how have you learned to come back? I just go away. I immediately walk away and get myself on myself, even if I have to go to my car or like, even if I have a working student that does something really bad or dumb, yeah. <laughs> like I used to be like, what the hell's wrong with you? And, and it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not pro productive for you right you don't help them they don't learn and then you're just in a pissed off mood so I just take myself away and I usually this is kind of funny but I usually just go watch like a really funny video I throw my phone on I have great hearing aids because they're bluetooth so oh wow even though it even though it looks like I'm um I'm just sitting there not listening to anything I am and I just watch funny like, like really funny videos. And then it makes me laugh. And then I, I lighten up and I go back to, or, or if I'm, if I'm feeling extra anxious or because everything's kind of hitting the fan, I'll just go meditate. Amazing. Yeah. Which actually the funny videos is spot on. I mean, we can 
co-regulate with anything. Our systems prefer it. So like any, like a mammal is great, but also just anything that can get that kind of regulating energy, which laughter is huge. So that's, in, I love that you do that or meditate. Yeah. So that's what we're going to get. That's what we're going to practice doing now, like going from outside the window to inside the window. And it's a practice and you can get really good at it. And it can take a matter of science would say 90 seconds to come yeah. back. If you're not going into the story in your mind and you actually just come into the sensation in your body, it can only take 90 seconds. So that's, that's incredible. Right. And I love that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Like how quick you get back into being not crazy. <laughs> yeah. If you've practiced it. See, most of us have practiced yeah, being I'm crazy for so long. I've practiced it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Will, where do you tend to go? I go real quiet. And funny, Tammy, hearing Tammy say she goes and watch something that makes her laugh. I go the complete opposite. I go really bad music. Um, oh, great. Oh, great there's yeah no i mean uh like this weekend i was actually i was really nervous this weekend on my gray horse because he wasn't himself at kentucky and so i took him to try on and just ran him in the advance to see how he'd feel and and he was great looking back on now but prior like i got really nervous on him like is he telling me he doesn't want to do this level anymore he was so mm. good at Carolina, but he was not good at kentucky and i <clears throat> I about an hour before I was going, I was sitting in my tax hall and uh, I'm like watching the live performance of Joni Mitchell singing Both Sides Now. And like, it's such an emotional song that I go to real like sad, emotional music. And my family has said it ever since I was a kid, like I'm at my best with an ache in my chest. And so I go, I go to find the emotion side of but wow. that, for me, competitively, I have to, I have to be really sad, I guess. But also, it, in like in my barn and in my everyday life, like if if somebody uses one of my saddles and doesn't put the stirrups back, I freak the fuck out. Like it's just one of my pet peeves. And like I will be like, who? So I will get a little bit hyperactive when it's not a competitive thing or uh -huh. or, or uh, my responsibility um or if somebody doesn't do something oh yeah i did you feel the water did you do the horse's water in the field yeah i did well no you didn't because they have no fucking water and i'll lose my shit about stuff like that but yeah competitively i uh, uh, i mean anybody that's ridden in a car with me for more than 20 minutes like whiny white women is basically all i listen to and yeah i go i i go real sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know and i'm like dying whiny white women white women that's what patrick a friend of mine says that he like refuses to let me play music like joe Bray will just come sit around hold hands and listen to jewel and cry i'm i'm not ever gonna i'm not gonna sing to you well i'm not just <laughs> No, you know, I have my go-tos, but... Yeah. 
Yeah. So, well, this is super interesting. And I like how you noticed that relationally and competitively it's different. And John, same with you, like competitively, you more, you've gotten that locked down, but it's more relationally. And so, well, that's the same, like relationally, you're one way, not that you get really hyper and competition stress when it comes to you, you get hypo. And I, I'm the, I feel like I'm, I'm the opposite relationally. I just am like, I will shut down, but if anything comes to me and relating to myself or anything that I want to, so it's fun to, to go back, have both, <laughs> but also what is so funny about what you're saying is we have some emotional addictions are not, we are built to like the familiar. We're built to have a certain feeling that we felt most of the time. And if it's a good feeling or a bad feeling, like sadness, uh, feeling, we, it feels familiar and we like it. And we will recreate that experience over and over again with the type of music, with the type of movies, with the type of partner and people we choose in our life. So it's actually really interesting for you to say that because we do, we, we create emotional experiences that feel really familiar. And I would get really and maybe it is that you work best when there's an eight in your heart. And maybe you don't. I would get really, I would, I would be really curious to see if when you get really good at mastering that going back into neutral position in your nervous system, I would be really curious to see if you do or don't. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting because I, I did, I used to have a lot of guilt about that. Like, why do I do this? I would never talk about it or tell anybody. And I've worked extensively with Ab Lupkin in this, for the sport psychology. And when I go to those places, I don't beat myself up for it anymore. It's okay. I have these feelings. I got to come back to the middle. And yes, I've gotten better about coming back to the middle. But I mean, she asked Bobby Costello, every five star I've ever done, and he's walking down the Starbucks. I say to him at least, I, I don't want to go. Is he missing a shoe? I don't miss you. Yeah, I I go into this, and then once I go, then I'm fine. But or this year at Kentucky, I'm, I hit the or yeah, the third fence was a big, and I was third to go. And all I'd heard was that Buck had retired, and Jenny had just dropped the frangible pin at the coffin. As I'm like leaving the Starbucks, and I hit the third fence, and it made a big rattle, and it was just a thing, and I kept going and I jumped through the water and I looked at the third pin since I was going back. And when I jumped out of the water, that pin came down. I'm pulling up. Fuck this. I'm not doing it. And then I, I looked over and I'm like, fuck, it's full. And I had it going. And it wasn't until I had jumped through the quarry that I was like, okay, I think I can get the rest of the way around. And, but then I jumped the last water and I had like, I don't know, four pieces left. And, I, I, the smallest jump on the course, I'm like coming to, and I, I'm like, I, he, he's going to hang a leg here. I should just pull it up. And like, he's not going to hang a leg there. I say that shit to myself as I'm going around. And then I'm coming to the last minute and I'm like, oh my God, I made it. <laughs> but I have these comments, like I, the, those thoughts will go through my head. Not, and it's only in the galloping lanes. It's not like once I get into that's become more, I'm more aware of that now 
And again, like we said last time, it depends on what horse I'm on. I mean, this past weekend, I had a horse in the two short and he's been a tricky horse. He's got a little bit of PTSD. I think when he goes cross country, he's just lacking a little bit of confidence. I was like, my goal was just to go and give him a confident round. And then I like look at the results after I'm like, count them. That I had 14 time penalties. Like I'm riding like a, a grandfather. But hey, hey, hey. I said one father, not grandmother. So I don't know. That's, I'm allowed to have those thoughts and feelings. I thought I have to, and I like, I'll say that when I'm like, I'll start to go there while I'm on course or while I'm in a dresser ring. And I'm like, get back in your lane. Good. Yeah. And Good. And that's, you're noticing you know the emergent crazy. property. Yeah. Go ahead, Tammy. Just to comment on what you're saying, Will. Because I think we all could collectively say, like, that's shocking to me. Because to me, you're one of the best cross-country riders around. So that that's just like, my brain is like, whoa, what? I, it, I mean, it, it's remarkable because you're such a good cross-country rider. I, I, and I, I like, I, I feel that, like, there's not a single situation when I teach, if I have somebody that comes to me, uh, there's not, there's not a single situation that I don't think I could teach, uh, teach through it on the cross country. Uh, yeah. I don't think saying is, is my horse going to hang a leg at this jump is a good thing to teach. No, I, you... I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that in a lesson. No, but I was like, you remember that little thing, that little box? I was just, I, I thought I'm like, right, I could <laughs> for this, but I don't want to make a mistake here. You don't want to be known as the person who fell out the smallest fence on the course. Like that. I think, I think that's super interesting, Will, because I would say I used to actually be somewhat similar, not to hijack this and make it all about me, but here I am. Um, because I used to walk big tracks with students when I was competing. Like the last time I was as at Kentucky, I remember walking around the advance that spring with one particular student and I would say things to myself for years, like, oh my God, this is huge. Holy cow, they're never going to jump that. Oh my God, I don't think they're going to read this. But I would say it out loud. And finally, <laughs> I had like, you got to stop. You're freaking me out. And I don't think this is even going to happen now. And I'm like, oh, right. Not everybody's insane. Like, yeah, some yeah. people need to not hear that stuff. But I, when you said that, I totally get it. I don't do it on course, but I absolutely do it in the lead up where I'm like, I'm sure everybody does. But and I don't, I almost have to voice it to myself. Yeah, I don't feel like I do it like when I'm going to it, a, a, and especially at a long format when you've got longer galloping lanes. Like I didn't do it this weekend on ten; I jumped the jumps. But when I, I, I have to, I talk myself into the next group of jumps that I'm gonna jump. Well, last year when Tammy and I did badminton, I mean, how many times, Tammy, did I say, I don't know if Mason can jump this big? I, I went that. up to Bobby because I was like, May Day. We, May Day, we need to call the troops. Will is not going to go cross country. And he was like, oh, he always does this. He's fine. I'm like, <laughs> what? He always does this. He's freaking yeah. out. I didn't have my pants before dressage, like five minutes before I had to be on. And I was just standing there and Christina was like, oh, my God, Will would be when crying yeah. right now. Anyway, so. <laughs> anyway. 
anyway we talked about why i didn't have my pants but yes i'm like i'm so curious as to why you didn't have your pants. it's a great story actually it's a really great story wait you okay well, you, what 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 did you not have my pants oh. you weren't there you weren't oh. there but it was a really hilarious story well but you weren't there yeah, okay. but his great ones, and we were joking because because of how Will is before he goes, and he he, it's it's fascinating, actually, because if you talk to him before that cross country round, and this was before this was before the shit started hitting in the fan when people were falling off and falling down. I mean, I don't even think the started cross country had happened. He just was like, I don't think Mason can jump that big. And to be fair, I wouldn't say that, like, I think that badminton was ex- extra big. I, re- I just had heard that Jan Benny didn't think that I was going to get around on, on Lexus because it was so big. <laughs> so it was a very large badminton. I've never walked around a course and thought, I don't know if I can jump this and there were several jumps that were so huge that I thought wow I hope I don't miss because it's going to be bad if I do and I normally don't ever think stuff like but I I was galloping into the I jumped that stupid long since five about and I'm like Mason you cannot brush through this brush it is too thick you have got to jump over the brush I was saying that to him and it, yeah anyway it was yeah it was, it was definitely big but it is fascinating to watch will before before badminton yeah. how he seemed so uncertain and so terrified and yeah then he went out of the box and i was like did it and bobby was not even fake i went to bobby and i'm like my friend is having a real problem we have to like have an intervention like He's freaking out. He goes, oh, yeah, he's dead. Awesome. This is his process. This is the noise. Yeah. I would be so, well, this is so interesting for me. And especially what Candy said being, and, and obviously the feedback you're getting, getting all these band students coming to get help for you on, from you on cross country and that you're really competent. Uh, and that you would even speak to your students differently than you speak to yourself. And so one of the emerging properties of fear or the dorsal part is like your thoughts are going to reflect the state of your nervous system. So your thoughts are going to reflect fear. And I just, I would be so curious, obviously not on a big weekend, but as you're leading up to Burley uh, in your preparation of, yeah, like acknowledging that, but and and coming back into your window of tolerance and seeing if those if those thoughts are still there and what it does to your attention span and what it does to your focus because it sounds like once you get on course or at least get near the jump like you're setting up for the jump there's enough uh focus there that those thoughts disappeared i just get so it's obviously possible for you so i get curious if is you have that same way that you are as you set up your horse for each fin even going into warning. So I would it's possible for you, obviously, if if you're having it yeah. hearing this setup. And it's possible for everyone, but it's very possible if you already have an experience. I just get curious as to what would happen 
if the whole experience of cross country was like this for you and how much resources you would have in uh at the end of it but yeah so i i love that so it sounds like Sinead goes more hyper uh john more hyper uh tammy hyper and, and will more hypo and more uh you pick more white women crying with you yeah so we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna think of times and it can be inside your competitive life or it can be outside your competitive life it really doesn't matter that's a great thing about nervous systems it's the same one through everything you do in your life but i want us to we're going to drop into this exercise and i'm going to see how it goes for you guys but thinking of a time where you had uncomplicated your window of capacity and and then i'm going to walk you through an exercise we're going to get good at or at least we're going to practice getting good at feeling sensations just like when you go in a nice spot and you're flooded and every part of your body wants to just jump out as an instinct how do you actually sit with sensation breathe create your own safety so that you can stay we're just emulating that experience here mentally and so of course if it's your first time feeling emotions or feeling sensations you might not be masterful at it but it is something that you can it's a system it's a pattern it's practice and if you practice it you can get really good at it and again it can be 90 seconds after you mastered it it can be a really your most heightened experience and then if you feel the sensation coming back to capacity within 90 seconds so as long as how it only lasts 90 seconds is if your mind doesn't take over if your mind takes over you're looping in thought so it's a practice of going to the body to sensations directly and then your thoughts go away. So people with overactive mind, people with that have all these racing thoughts, it's never about actually, or it shouldn't be. The most direct path is actually through the body because the nervous system is creating that thought, that looping, yeah, mind. So always the fastest route is through body, is through sensation. So we're going to practice that. But I want to make sure you guys have any, or give you any time for, if you want to ask a question before we jump in. Hope you're all good. Hi, everyone. I wanted to take this opportunity to give you some inside information on what makes Tota Saddles different. This new Tota Freedom Jump Line, which we were lucky enough to help design, is contoured away from the shoulder and the shoulder muscle, not only to allow new freedom of movement, but it encourages a more uphill balance and an and effortless comfort for the horse. The new balance puts the rider in harmony in a connected and powerful way. One more amazing perk of this saddle is that it has a metal tree, meaning you can fit it to any horse you have now and any horse that enters your barn in the future. At Copperline, we pride ourselves in a progressive horse first approach. And when we met Charlie and learned that his Tota comfort system was founded on an understanding of the horse's biomechanics, maximizing performance and the total comfort of the horse, we knew we had to work with this team. Please check out the Dressage Connection or follow the Tota Comfort System on Facebook or Instagram. Like many guests on this podcast, one of Tick and my main motivators is to reach our full potential in high-performance horse sports. Our belief and strategies are rooted in horse behavior and exploring what's possible in the human and horse relationship. This journey is not possible without our community. 
We are excited to announce a few seats at the main table, as well as an easy access point to Copperline Farm and horse ownership. Check out the ACE Syndicate and the Journey Syndicate at CopperlineEquestrian.com. Find out about the horses these syndicates own, the difference between A and B shares, and how you can experience horse sport as part of our team here at Copperline. And if you'd like to listen to In Stride ad-free, please head on over and sign up to be a member at Ride IQ. And now back to the podcast. Ready to go? Okay. So I want you just to take a moment right now and think of a time that you were inside your window of capacity. And so again, I think cross country obviously would be a great one, but if that doesn't come to mind, any situation, even like uh, Tammy's situation with your daughter, that would be a good one. But anything that comes to mind for you guys. And I think it should feel really tight or for will, it should feel really shut down. But think of, let your mind rake up a situation that you were outside your window of tolerance. And just taking a moment to let your mind take the picture of what was happening, how you reacted, if you went hypo or hyper. And notice the, the quality of your thoughts. Notice what your mind was offering. And not out loud, but letting them, letting them come to your mind. And noticing what that actual emotion or feeling was. If you were scared, if you were angry, frustrated, furious, but actually noticing the feeling, the emotion. And just taking a few more seconds there to get And let it build, let that emotion be here and build. And then drop into the feeling. Like where is this emotion in your body? Typical places will be in your throat or your chest or your stomach. And so just noticing where you feel that now. And then notice how the rest of your body reacts to that sensation. You might notice, well, like, I don't know, but a collapsing feeling, uh, your shoulders coming in for hypo or hyper people. You might notice that you want to get up and run away. Sometimes I even hear people say like their limbs feel like they're trying to get away from their body. But just noticing how your the rest of your body relate to this feeling. You might notice a clenched or a brace. You might notice that your shoulders rise up to your ears. Just noticing now. And now you're going to drop all story about what this means and what it is. And you're just going to experience the sensation. So just taking a deep breath wherever you are. And just be willing to drop the story so if the mind gets active, just keep bringing your curiosity actually to your body and what the sensation is like in your body. You can even tune into the sensation and notice its size or shape 
And then just take a moment, just as if you were in heat or cold exposure, and just breathe into what's alive in your body, just as pure energy, just allowing it to be there, making no meaning about it, and allowing what's happening in the moment. I like to sometimes think of being the ocean floor and this this energy, this sensation is just a wave. There's no need to resist it, just opening to it. And you might notice if it started in your stomach, it'll move up. Or if it started in your chest, it might move down. Just following the energy of it without any resistance. And you can take long, slow, deep breaths. You can even think about making the exhale a little bit longer. Just telling your nervous system you're okay. This energy has nothing to go into protection mode about. You're totally fine. It's all welcome. And so just keep breathing and accepting it fully. The tendency here is to stop breathing. And you can ask yourself, like, is it okay that this sensation is here? And if your focus starts to waver, just bringing it back to the body. It's normal. And then tracking your body in the moment. So see if you can make your shoulders wider, shoulders coming down and back. Even opening your hands or your palms. And just taking some breaths. And you'll notice that the energy is integrated when you feel lighter and more present. But if resistance comes up, just always allow it. Just another wave coming in. Just one more breath here. And you might notice that the sensation is completely gone. You might notice that it's still here a little bit. But just noticing taking in a blueprint of your body and your, your mind. Most common things are like you feel more open, more present. And just noticing how that feels now. And now imagine from this place, you're the situation that your mind offered you. But from this place, and the energy might come back, so just take a breath. But from within your in window of tolerance capacity, with feeling safe and not needing to protect, what's different about the original situation? Everything's the same on the outer. You still have to go cross country or you still have to coach your daughter or whatever it is. It's all still the same on the outer, but you feel different. You, you approach it from this place and just notice how different you feel. Maybe you feel more focused, more present, less resistant to what is, more available to calmly support. Maybe you notice that you're just more present. Just notice what it's like to approach the original situation, but from safety and regulation. And then just taking one more blueprint of what's happening in your body now particularly your chest might just notice an opening a lightness and then whenever you feel ready you can come back to here and i would love to just know and it's okay if like that would didn't and that you can be obviously as honest as you need to be about it and uh so that i can yeah support in any way but i would be so curious as to what you noticed the shift was when you approach the original situation from where you were at but Sinead, do you want to go yeah 
Sure. That was, yeah, super interesting. So I kind of grabbed from two different situations, one that was a while back and one that happened really recently. And the first thing I noticed is that there were very separate situations. One was when I was going cross country really, really late in the afternoon and I was in good placing at Kentucky. And I remember feeling so nervous. I thought there was no way I could keep up that level of anxiousness because I'd just like be exhausted. But I also felt like there was nothing I could do. Like it was kind of like a claustrophobic feeling like I wanted to freak out, but I couldn't do anything. And then yeah, the other one was a recent uh, situation with my mother-in-law. And, uh, and it was an evening after some stuff and we had some people over and, a car, and I, uh, asked, we had a guest over and I had a kind of a little bit of a vulnerable question about, uh, a situation that's happening with my son. And I was genuinely like kind of confused about how to handle it. And it was pretty like what I would consider like, like, rude in her response and a little condescending and I felt like super like that same like I have company here I like want to murder someone but I can't and then (laughs) um, claustrophobic feeling but I definitely did behave probably inappropriately (laughs) like I ended up saying something pretty like uh aggressive and then I got up and left uh the situation and because it was not going to get any better so but the feelings were like very very identical like a like an uncomfortableness and it was in my chest and like wanting to freak out and then uh yeah that that was wild so but what really was interesting is that I didn't notice as I was sitting there thinking that I was like my my foot was like this like I was like sitting like this clenching holding a pen and and then so that I when you kind of said check in with whatever I kind of noticed that sensation being pretty tight about the whole thing and then when you said about being the ocean floor in the water like that visual just like because I think what I was trying to do up until that point was not feel that frustration like I wanted it to go away and then I felt like I felt like this conflicting thing, like if I let that feeling and that brace go away, like I'm no longer like defending my kid or I'm no longer going to be like aware enough to be safe and ride well and focus on cross country. Like that, yes, it was like this conflicting thing. Like I didn't want the feeling to go away because I had to be like, you know, because you think it gives you something. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. And then once you said the water and the ocean floor thing, that just kind of, for some reason, just kind of like calmed me down for a second. And then I felt like everything get a little bit like, yeah, just calmer. And then breathing into that, the two things when I went back into both situations, like I, I without even thinking about it, I remember sitting in the car at Kentucky and having that feeling because I just didn't feel like I would be safe around anyone because I might like lose it on someone. But instantly when I had that feeling, like I just saw myself grab a book and start reading a book, like, cause that's what I do now. Like if I need to have like a moment at a show or if I find myself getting too up or whatever, I just normally have a book and I can like how Tammy watches funny videos. Like I'll just like start reading something so I can get a little bit. And then in the situation with my mother-in-law, honestly, I was just able to sit there and be quiet and kind of handle that realizing like I could probably handle that. I could actually handle that situation and navigate it in a much better space. And then I was curious about how that would have ended up instead of me just like exiting stage left. 
<laughs> yeah. And when you were inside your wedding, there was capacity because there's a curiosity there. And there's like, oh, I can be present in this moment with this. And it's so paradoxical. We think that we're more effective when we're up. It's it's not true. We're more effective when we're inside and in this feeling and you can react on here. It's the same as like a good analogy that I just thought of is like with a, a baby horse or with a a non-educated horse, like professionals are so good. It's like the horse keeps getting up, the horse keeps getting up and the rider is just like, and we're here and we're here and we're here. But an amateur would get up with the horse and then it would be a whole catastrophe. And we, but we can't take that reasoning to our other day, everyday other stuff or even cross country. We think that the upness is helping us and it's not, especially if the upness is taking us outside the window of capacity. And so I loved what you that you had that awareness and actually were much more effective from present. And then what's so interesting too is like how her body reacts to sensation. We want to resist it. And it's actually the resistance that causes the problem, not the emotion. And yeah, we'll like grease or tense or clench. And a good visual is to think of like if you, when you are jumping into the ice, like your whole body trying to not feel it, trying to resist it. And so good somatic cues are just always like down and back and open and it can help you come back to that capacity. But yeah, that's so good. It's so interesting that both of them were the same feeling that clustered from with like, I got to get out of here kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't do anything. Yeah. So interesting. John. Okay. So I think I failed the whole thing because I was struggling to really focus and pay attention to it, but and bear with me because everybody's going to think I'm an absolute idiot here and it is a ridiculous analogy. I think my entire life I've thought that I was a Jedi Knight, but I'm actually a Sith Lord. No, but wait, wait, this is brilliant. I came to this conclusion while we were doing this and I know this was not the exercise, but what I went to originally was like on course type of situation where cross country didn't go well at Kentucky one year. And then I thought like, oh, I just went black. Then I thought, well, that's like, that wasn't really about him in my head. That just was data didn't, the performance just didn't get pulled off. And I went to one of my fits, like I've told you guys about in the past, sort of checking into an event and losing my mind. And then when you were talking about like embracing the feeling and letting it flow through you and where does that feeling go? I was like, holy cow actually I can take that hatred and I can harness it and let it like come into my core and focus me and actually use my yes finger for good yes like a Sith Lord I'm a Sith Lord wait John but actually what you're saying is like really profound okay really 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 profound See, I told you why why Buddhists and and uh, like the Dowdy chain and all this talk about suffering. It's actually, and, and you guys are in the coolest position ever because you guys are getting heightened emotions. Suffer a lot. Yes, yeah, we suffer a lot. But because suffering causes so much a sensation, it's sensation is not a bad thing. It's when we resist sensation that causes all of the problems. When you tune into it, yes, you can harness it, especially. Once you can harness it and your nervous system is willing to hold for it, experience it. So actually what you're saying is really 
that's what all Buddhist and the Tao Ching is all about. It's not avoiding sensation, tuning in and harnessing it. So, in a way, this is the Lord, you, I guess. Yeah. Master? <laughs> I don't even know what it is. What, 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 what type of what? Lord? Like, I'm kind of joking, but I'm actually not. It was kind of an epiphany for me during that exercise where I was sitting there like, oh, my God, like, I'm not with this at all today. I'm not paying attention. And then it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, my God. At my core, I'm a Sith Lord, and I need to take that anger and use it and focus it, and that is going to make me a better competitor instead of trying to make sure that everybody likes me. Mm. Yes. Yeah, women be well-prepared if everybody likes you. What, Tammy? You can laugh all you want, but that has been my curse my entire life. Has really? been trying to make sure everybody likes me. And fortunately, I've been exposed to you enough that now I know not everybody has to like me. <laughs> but actually, Tammy, you're noticing something that's so paradoxical. When we want something, like I think that was a brilliant comment. When we, it's so funny when we want to be likable, paradoxical, we'll get in confrontations or. It's like, it's at the forefront of most confrontations. So that's so thing to me. Only with you. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I I think it's great because he's, he's super active in the sport and yeah, he is involved with a lot of controversial type things. I mean, he's on a freaking show trying to like get people to yell at him. So it's weird that (laughs) then he wants everybody to like him. And to be fair, I think everybody does like him, except the officials. Yeah, it's pretty likable. We all do. We all <laughs> except the him. officials and Tammy. No, I don't. love John. Yeah. It's so I've... paradoxical. Yeah, but what Terry is saying is so true. It's like when we avoid something, when Ness said there, there's something innerly we'll avoid, like being disliked, we'll unconsciously project it outward. It's how we work. It's so, so, so paradoxical, but. Anyways, really cool realization, John. I'm happy that you got a Sith. Yeah. I'll let you guys know. I got to debate a little bit on what my new Sith name is, but when I come up with it, I'll let. Yeah, I'll they be don't interested. really need you to spell that. Is it S L? S. I can't even believe that you don't know this. It's S I T H. Sith. Okay. Sith. 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 We all got it. Sith. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. All right. But also, wait. I want to add one more thing to John. Of course, when we do this work, there's so much resistance to it. We don't want to sit here. We don't want to like feel sensation. It feels so woo-woo. It feels so ridiculous. But what I love about it is even if you give 10%, you're going to get something from it. Being quiet and turning inward always gives you something. And so even if you are only present for 10% of something, you still get it. And that's why I love nervous system work. All right. Well, what did, what happened for you? It was really weird. I, at first, where I feel completely out of the is window out of my window is the dressage, and I was thinking about uh, my dressage on base, and then it's the nervousness from when I was noticing where it was in my body. It was my starting kind of my stomach and with down like in my thighs and then as I started to uh, I, I was just I was real tight and then when and then I went to cross country and the, immediately it went down to my feet and I can't remember what you said but you said 
something that like I get nervous for all three plays, but something that I I picked up on that time was in the when I was thinking about the dressage, I I kept thinking about the turbulence in a plane, and I get very tight and stuck. Build elbow goes wrong the side. I get very very tight, and then the minute I started to think about cross country and I relax and I felt really grounded in my feet, and I was trying to figure out why that is. And like I said, I get really nervous and I like to kick out my eulogy song before I go ride. But I have a lot of instincts on the cross country. So I know when I jump into something, I can have a plan, but I know instinctually I have really good instincts cross country. So I don't, I, yes, I get nervous, but I know my instincts will take over and I've got, I do, I, I heard say, I, Feel like I have good instincts cross country. I don't have those instincts in the in in the dressage. I and I learned to have those instincts in the show jumping, and I'm confident in the show jumping now. But it it was really interesting in my body. The minute I was jumping, my thighs were relaxed and my feet were tight on the floor. And when I was thinking about the dressage and the turbulence of the plane, and I was very very tight and. And uh, and and wanting to bend over and hide, and I, I, uh, it. So for me, it was a real, uh, with borrow John's word, like an epiphany of when I trust my instinct, I can put my firmly on the ground, and I can be scared shitless, but I know I can walk through whatever I'm doing because my instincts are going to allow me to make. Maybe not the right decision, but make a decision. And in the dressage, I tied because I don't know what instinct is going to happen. And it's not on, it's... It's subtle. I know what you mean. Yeah. And it's very, I don't think, forced right now. And so that was, and like, it, I think it was, I don't know, last year, Sandy Phillips, she, she told me after badminton, she goes, you need to ride in dressage the way you ride it. I'm yeah. like, how the fuck do I do that? And like, I'm scared, well, you just let it go on the cross country and you go with it. And, uh, and I, and I'm like, you sit on the fucker and go. She didn't tell you, you she didn't tell you to make love to him. No, she could push his neck. I said, I'm pushing it somewhere. So for me, that was a real, no matter how nervous I do it. Weird, like I, I got those nerves, and when I thought about something where I trust my instincts, I could lower my shoulders and put my feet on the ground. But the minute I was back and I started to see the, like the ramp at Kentucky and the going, like do I walk him down the ramp? Yes. Down the ramp. Am down the ramp? I walk him down the ramp. What happened? Um, lead me down the ramp. I don't want to go down the ramp. How to back him down the ramp? Should I trot around the ring? Should I carry around the ring? What do I do? What? What? Right. And, and I don't. And then, like, I'll never forget uh, Kentucky this year. I was so nervous with Tammy on show jumping, and I look over and Tom McEwen is show jumping around, and there's Tammy by the start gate, smiling, just watching. And I'm thinking, if I was in her position. 
I would be up in that warm up cell, hiding in the corner, shivering my pants. And I like, I have to take a little bit of her confidence. But I don't, I, my instincts, when I doubt my instincts in a particular phase or a particular moment, I, I get very tight. high. Yes. Well, uh, well, I have chills, like full body chills. This is, this is incredible. And what you're saying, but what you're talking about, this flap, this is an emergent property of your nervous system. And when you, and you panic, you don't have instincts. And you, as you pointed out, when you're going down the ramp, you're not with your horse feeling what, thinking what's best for your horse, what's best to do. But you're in the story of your mind because your mind and your ego is an avoidance strategy on your nervous system. It's an employee to help you get away from the sensations of your nervous system. So your mind's like, oh, I know, I know if I keep them up here. Like, I'm going to question what we're going to do to that ramp. Instead of being, like you said, like you can in cross country, in your seat and ground it. And then also from this collapse, from this reptilian part, your hip flexors, like part of that protection mode is to basically like disappear, get really tense. Like think of about a turtle. It's like, that's exactly what it does. And so that is the opposite of what your body needs to go dressage. And I even, I work with a dressage writer and similar thing in her hip flexors and she was seeing all these like physical therapists and stuff. And, but it was literally just this and now it's not happening as much. And so what you're saying is, so you're like onto something so big and especially I love that you, the, uh, the experience of cross country where you can trust your instincts because you can in dressage and actually the mind going to the mind and thinking about it is what not helping you access these things and like you said you get tense and like a turbulence in a plane which is the opposite of what you want it's incredible yeah and i love that i love that you brought up tammy and warrup because yeah i've watched tammy and warrup and i'm like okay this is incredible it's i I don't know tammy i would love for you to speak about it it looks like it's all feel it doesn't because one thing i notice about warm-up is people go so quick to the mind and they're trying to figure things out from the mind. But what it looks like for Tammy is like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just looking from the outside. But it looks like you're just complete feel. Like com- no story of how it should be or what it can be. It's like, it looks anyways, like you're completely present with your animal in that moment. Like feel, feel, feel. So I would love for you to talk about But Will, this is incredible. I'm so excited for you. Can I say to like listening to Will a little bit, and I think this might have come up at one other point in time, but like when I get in those head spaces and that thing, like I, it's funny that you said Tom McEwen, because even I was jumping here the other day and I was riding a, a green horse and thought myself getting into a little bit of my head and a little bit of story. And then I was just like, you're, I, in my head, I was like, be Tom McEwen. And it just yeah. like, that's it. I didn't even think of, I was just like, and then everything started going well. And if I, and after spending some time with Janelle, I, and again, if I feel myself getting into this banter back and forth about like, like maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. I'm just like, be Janelle. And it just changes my attitude like right away. And it just makes me the best, like a better version of myself. It's, but it, it captures that, like you kind of just said, I just need to steal some of Tammy's confidence. It's like, 
yeah, at this friends. point, I think, like, get your shit together. Like, what would this person do? Like, and, and I've watched these, and you watch other people, it's not even necessarily what they're doing. It's just how they're doing it. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. But that has been one of those things where I use that a lot when I kind of get into that indecisive uh, kind of going to my brain, because that's always what I want to do is to go into story about it. And then you kind of feel your body doing things. So I just knock it off. Yeah, but you, like, also being you present. Because what, you, but yes, but I love the bit your cue because anytime for anyone here listening, anytime that you're in the mind, you are outside your window of capacity, a window of tolerance. This is a, and beyond, of course, you can go to your mind a little bit, but when you're stuck in that story and thought loop and how you get back is actually feeling the sensation, not avoiding it, coming back, using it, coming back to presence. Because what happens when you, are outside your window of capacity and the mind starts kicking in there's emergent thought patterns and there's also emerged ways of your body being so you're fighting against your nervous system your entire protection mode to be loose to be open to have your feel so this is such a cue and such an important conversation like when you're up in the mind that's your cue like i'm outside of my window of capacity and i need to come back in so these emergent properties of stiffening, bracing, thought patterns can go away. But yeah, I love that. And I I need to add one more thing. Well, if you are a student, like you show up to this these calls, if you show up other places the way you show up here, I can't imagine how successful you could be. Like you, you are you're incredible. You have so much presence, vulnerability, willingness. It's a it's a complete joy to be around you, and even just how you handle exercise and what you got from it. I mean, if you show up how you show up here, other places, it's I I can't imagine what it would be like to be your coach. I'm sure they love working with you. I'm sure your horses love you. And I said, I don't know. Damn you get mad at me so much. Let Bubba not its face. Well, don't pull on his face. Another uh, Tammy, I would love to hear from you if anything came up. For me, it's more, it's, I wouldn't really, I feel like my, my uncomfortable feeling or like stress trigger would be more from financial, from doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Um, and I don't really know how to, I don't really know how to, I'm kind of navigating through my life right now trying to figure out how to better set myself up because those are the times usually like I've been gone from my business for three weeks now and I try to like people people have this perception that I just have these super wealthy owners that just pay and I just am living this luxurious life (laughs) but I that's not the case at all and so and so from I don't I don't necessarily like put put the cost back on my owners when I'm doing traveling and and such and so it's from from that aspect like I I I'm in a place where I have to be better about how to manage that and not have it financially impact me as much as it has in the past but I don't know I mean, I just know that I have to make changes more than than there's an exercise for me to get rid of that stress. I just try not to think about it <laughs> when I start to feel stressed out about it. 
and I have that sensation, then I just try to deal with it in a in a manner when I'm ready. Like right now, me, me, and and I think I do this in competition too. Scott came up to me after cross country, and he's a if anybody's met him, he's a total weirdo and 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 really quirky and super intelligent and. A lot of people don't know how to take him. I think a lot of people would be offended by him, but I, I find him quite endearing. He's, he's actually probably one of the best humans I've met, but he'll say things and he's done this to me several times. So we were at Aachen and I had two rails down and I was devastated. I had tears in my eyes. I couldn't talk. And I, he was trying to talk to me because he wasn't actually there coaching me. He was there with another student and I was on the nation's cup team. So I was riding with the team coaches and he said, he said, we'll talk about, we'll talk about your preparation for the event. But right now there's this guy in a wheelchair, like sitting right next to me. And he's like, right now you could be that poor asshole. You're sitting in that wheelchair. And I'm like, and I'm like, got tears in my eyes because I had two points yeah. down, right? And yeah. and he's like, so you need to harden up. And I was like, okay, all right. So I walk away and I go walk my course and I cried and did my thing. But then I came back and I'm like, he's so right. Like that guy used to be a rider and he's now mm-hmm. wheeling around as a half groom in a wheelchair. And, yeah. and I'm like, I what had happened was preventable. It was my own fault. And from that moment forward, I started really thinking about how best to prepare myself because you were talking about that the warm-up, it seemed like it was all feel. I I think at that moment when when I had that disappointment in that performance, it wasn't anybody's fault but my own. My my preparation wasn't the right preparation. The warm-up wasn't the right warm-up. And but I wasn't strong enough to to take control of that situation. Mm-hmm. And so and it wasn't anybody's fault. Like everybody was just trying to help me be as successful as I could be. But I knew right. in my in my gut that it wasn't right for me and my horse. But I wow. I'm almost too good of a student. So I just did what I was told because these people are smarter than me. They have way more experience. They know what they're doing. Like, why wouldn't I try something new kind of thing? But at that moment, I realized that, like, I, I'm i at this level. We, we all, all of us on this call have ridden five stars. So we've all gotten to that level. And to me, you can't discount, regardless of whether your yes who whoever you are whether the lack of knowledge or lack of experience or you still can't discount your own intuition your own feel and and so that just taught me a lesson that i'm solely responsible for my own outcome and Ooh. and if i if i make a mistake then i can it's like i'm the only person that gallops my horse because if I, if he breaks and I gallop him, then it, I know it was just going to happen. But if, but if somebody else galloped my horse and it broke, I'd be questioning, like, did they go too fast? Did they, did they, weren't they not paying attention? Did it step in a hole? So 
for me, I have just learned that I have to take 100% control of what the outcome is, even in the warm-up at Kentucky. And Scott has been working with me for three and a half years. He wanted me to jump the Liverpool a second time. And I said, no, pull the Liverpool out. And he goes, come again. And I looked at Kill and I go, pull the fucking Liverpool out. And she wow. Went, but I knew I, and it wasn't, Scott just thought, yeah. no, I want to make sure that the horse really saw the Liverpool, but I'm like, I know he's good. Like, I don't right. need to jump another jump. And so, but because of what happened to Aachen, I could do that. And yes. I wasn't questioning Scott. I just knew what you were tuning I needed into to do yourself. to my feel and my intuition. And so yes. when he, after cross country and it was the end of the day and I was in first, you gotta, you gotta love this guy. He always like, likes to throw it on thick. He goes, all right, well, now, now it's the real test if you can really handle pressure because going into show jumping in first is way different than going in and, and having somebody make a mistake and you winning. And he goes, now, yes. now the real people, the real horsemen, not the spectators, but the riders and the real horsemen will know if you're good. I'm like, wow. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> And so anyway, so we were back at then fast forward to warming up and he goes, how are you doing? And I'm like, I, I feel the same as I feel going into any show jump round. Like I want to have a double clear. And, and I do feel a bit nervous, more nervous because I know, I know ultimately that my horse could have a rail or two because he did at the world championships, but, and he's like, but you have to just ride exactly how to ride and your horse has to do his job and I'm like yeah that's that's right and I have to be okay with what's gonna happen I have to do everything I know I can do and then my horse has to do everything that he can do and that's pretty much all I can ask for so yeah I mean <clears throat> I think that from my years of experiences of failing and and not doing it right. It's just helped me get to the place where I'm at now. But what I heard is like complete responsibility and and responsibility in feel too. Like yeah. you're not giving your power away to which I feel I mean coaches are amazing, but they're they're here to support us, not and you're you you're taking that responsibility now that you're like, no, I'm gonna do this and you can take your role of just support. And I get to use yeah. my discernment of how you support me which is yeah. a next level responsibility and it is so incredible. But what I hear serves you is, and so I want to make the correlation between this and money because there is one, is like when you, you've trained your system to be able to handle stress and, and then stay present and make decisions from presence, not from story and not from how someone is telling you how it should be. And so yeah. money and making money is, same way and so if there is a sensation of stress instead of avoiding it embracing it so you can come to presence and then from presence doing that same thing that you're you're masterful at in your career can also be and that can expand you for how money and business and all of that can be and it doesn't have to be a carbon copy of what someone else is doing or you can use your instincts and take full responsibility and I bet it will be amazing but I'm, I love 
what you said and I love what you said about the coaches and taking that responsibility. And I think it's really inspiring and expansive because that's next level of how to use support and coaches and taking that level of responsibility. Well, guys, this has been so interesting and so amazing. I love hearing all of your insights. And if you guys have any closing thoughts or anything you want to add before we wrap it up and leave. I'm going to embrace the dark side. Yeah, that's amazing, John. So good. I mean, I thought this was really, really cool because listening to everybody's story, it's again, it's so interesting how similar and different everybody is and how they handle different situations of what's normal and what's not. But I I actually just learned a lot from listening to to everyone and how they're dealing with their different situations. And I I found that this time kind of sitting through that, I don't know, whatever you call it, that lead practice or lead was was easier than the last two times we've been on this call. <laughs> so I feel like we're all growing and getting more comfortable in this situation. Because that that actually kind of, we could sit into that a little bit longer and I didn't feel like it was like, okay, let's get through this as fast as we can. Now, that's growth, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with me, I think listening to everybody, it, you do kind of, well, for me, it, it gives kind of definition to to where I where I feel lost at times, and and like listening to Tammy in those like that's one thing that I I'm very good at only doing what I want to do if I for this but I it's for me it's I've got to start to in areas that I struggle in and again it's course related in a different way but I need to start to acknowledge the instincts that I have in those. Yes. So that when I and acknowledge I'm at home when I'm not in that when the horse uh, goes does something at home and I work through it. What were my instincts in that and how did I get through it? So that, like I said, I think on one of the calls, one thing that I used to say when I'd ride Mason, now I feel the time ball I'm about to go off. I'd be like, "Don't go there, please, buddy. Don't go there." And I'd change that vocabulary in the test and stay here. And yeah. so when I do, when I do that, stay here at home, I need to acknowledge that the instinct of what I do when I say stay here. And I don't know what that is. I know exactly what it is on the cross country. And it's, I make my reins go longer. And but I just, can I, can I add something to that? Because I think that's the, and I think at this point of the game, and that's what I heard all, everybody say is that actually we all kind of in certain situations whether our strength or cross country or whatnot is that we just trust our instincts we don't have to know what they are because they're going to be different in every situation and every variable but you trust it so like in the and it's harder i think in the dressage because there's not an external stimulus that kind of gets you back and and gets you out of your head and locks you in like i think all of us tend to have all the mind stuff going and like you said you come into where that you're having a relationship with the jump and it's in front of you and it just your instincts and your subconscious and all that just kick in and you are out of your head whereas like listening to you right now with your and you probably don't and I'm not I'm not the expert here but you probably don't need to know what that instinct is every time if it's a lengthening rein or if it fits in your dressage it's you put your shoulders back or something it's just realizing that your instincts are good and they do work and you can trust them and like for me I often think like there's that chatty person that's not that confident or is going through all this stuff but I trust that the the other person the instinctual person the subconscious I trust that in in certain situations 
that's good to just this could go wrong but i'll react to that when it happens yeah yes and trusting muscle when you're present that muscle memory is like your your brain and your perception is working like it knows when it goes well because life is really well designed four seasons well designed the sales good is good and so all of that is working for you and but i love i love the awareness though of trusting your instinct and but also and you can you can bring conscious awareness to it when you're in a practice ride of like okay great i just did that well like that would like reinforcing it would be great yeah that's amazing yeah cool Pammy, any closing thoughts no i just i i mean i think that this this is super important and i think that just kind of looking at all from everybody's perspective, I think it not only helps us as individuals, but actually like from a coach's standpoint as well, because I'm kind of like, I always, and I, and I've had to be better about like staying in my lane and like just paying more attention to myself. And I feel like I'm not as a good, as good of a friend, but like I hear Will talk about all the things and I, and I feel like I could just fix him <laughs> because at home, he's so instinct, instinctual. Yeah. And he does right off a of feel and he gets to the horse show and he, well, not just anyone, but like something big. And he, I see it from the outside looking in. I see him like, caring almost caring too much about the outcome and not staying in the present moment and, the present. and being and 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 just pretending like he's just at home and nothing else is going on and it I I feel like I just want to help him like see that and fix that because he's he's so, so much yeah so capable and and I've gotten to see both sides of it so when I sit back and I and I hear him, it, my heart hurts a little bit because I'm just like, I want it for him because I see him at home and he can do it with his eyes closed. And then, and to be fair, like the horse he rides isn't the easiest. So it's not like just Susie could get on it and it would just be calm. It's nuts. So, yeah. so he's, he's dealing with another living creature, but, but also like, I, I feel like, well, if you could just, if you could just ride at the shows the way you ride at home, it would be, you'd be amazing. Exactly. You're already amazing. But anyway, I just, it's really good, not only from our own perspective, but like from a teaching perspective, I think, hearing mm -hmm. everything. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying, Fanny, too, is like, just, it's all for Will, like, it's just this figuring out the window's capacity inside of a show because it sounds like you've gotten it and you're getting all these acknowledgements that you do. And so and not that like out. allowing all, like, I feel like you just allow so much, so much inside. Like you gotta, I used to do that as well. I used to allow so much. And like, I remember, I mean, I know it's getting a lot of time, but just really quick. I remember one of my best friends, I was at a big event and she didn't have her shad belly and I, I, I had to get on my horse. And instead of getting on my horse, 
I was looking for a shad belly for her. And I ended up going off course and it was a freaking head case and my warm up sucked. And, and it wasn't her fault. I was, it was the same thing that happened to me at the warm up at Aachen. I just, I let myself get outside and allowed the outside coming in. And that is just like, like I, I know that if you can not let all those outside distractions and thoughts come into your head, then you, it, you'll just be off and running. And it seems so simple saying it. No, it's not simple. Role. It was because, yeah, it's not simple because it took me quite a while to figure it out. Yes, it's not simple. I feel like that's one of the biggest things I work with people on is like not being over responsible for everything else, like family, mm. social engagements, all it's like, no, you are yeah. here to do a job. Like, yeah, stay, stay, but it's hard. I love that you yeah. said that. Thank you for for saying that. But guys, this has been seriously so incredible and so enlightening and inspirational. So thank you guys for showing up and being vulnerable and willing to share. It's so helpful. And I really acknowledge you guys and all of your mastery and just being around you is, is incredible. So thanks for showing up and doing this. And until next time. Thanks, Natalie. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. You guys. Thanks, guys.